internet. Amazon queen, six feet. And yes, I'm pro ho. It's in my Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Glad to have you back with me. Um, please make sure you're subscribed to all of my podcast episodes. Make sure you are sharing my podcast to other people, um, especially if you're enjoying listening. Like y'all, y'all don't understand how sometimes this marketing thing works. <laughs> you know, you can't just say, "Oh, I love this," and talk about it to yourself. Word of mouth, people. Word of mouth. <laughs> Word of mouth is very important. You know, repost the episodes, tag me. Um, do this for all your content creators that you love. You know, we we need that, you know, the extra layer of support. One thing I've learned, um, oh, before I get into that, so thank you again. That's my new song, No Fats, No Femmes, featuring Miss Mojo. It's doing well. Please download, stream, and purchase. <laughs> Please purchase the song. Um, it's a dollar twenty nine, y'all. You ain't got a dollar twenty nine. I know you do, especially if you go to Starbucks because that shit is expensive. So skip a day at Starbucks or something, or get a grande instead of a venti, you know, or get a tall instead of a, a grande. Whatever, support the boy, support your nigga. Okay. So one thing I've learned in this in the last year and a half is. There is a huge, <laughs> a lot of people don't know really, a lot of people have different, um, a different definition of what content creating is and who is a content creator and who is an influencer. You know, there are many definitions floating around in the universe about exactly what that is and what that looks like and who is an influencer, who is a content creator, what makes you one, how you define that. Like, it's, it's crazy. And I didn't know that it was that difficult to figure out or whatever the case may be, um, or that so many people had different definitions. But, you know, hey, I shouldn't be surprised. But what I've, what I've learned is that you really, people really don't fuck with you like they, like they say they do, you know, for us, for content creators. People really just don't fuck with you like they say they do. I find it, you know, quite interesting when I notice a lot of people that, I shared spaces with on uh, Clubhouse and how, you know, I can hold a room, host a room about whatever. People don't really show up, but people show up to other bullshit conversations or people don't post your music or post your content, but they'll repost someone who just posted a picture of them with an outfit on. And it's like, girl, okay, so you really don't fuck with me like you say you do. And so much has happened in, you know, the last year and a half, you know, while being on Clubhouse. And, you know, this topic, um, this podcast is really about my final, the final days on the app that has led me to no longer want to be on the app. And I also feel like, no, no, I'm not trying to compare myself to Jesus or anything like that. But I will say, you know, when it was his like final seven days or whatever before he was crucified, how so much shit happened. 
That's what it felt like. It was like my last week. I was like, bitch, what is going on here? Like, why is it so much? Why is it so much going on, child? And I was like, okay. But for me, it was like the last couple of months. Baby, like, I don't know what happened, child, but it was just so much going on. So I'm about to break some shit down for y'all. I'm about to be very direct. I am about to be very vocal. What time? Oh, this is going to be a, and, 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 and this is going to be a lengthy episode. Hopefully, maybe it won't. You know, it really just depends. You know, I have notes, but y'all know how I get the flowing. And some maybe some things will be made clear where I don't have to give other examples. <laughs> but maybe some things won't. So we'll see. We'll see, y'all. But I have a lot to talk about today. This episode is called... I have no idea actually what I'm going to name it chat, but it's about disposable culture. Did you ever fuck with me? I think that's what I might call it. Did you ever fuck with me? Because people love to throw around the title. You're my brother. You're my sister. I love you. Oh my God. I don't know what to do without you. But they know exactly what to do without you because they do it while they're with you. <laughs> Hello. And y'all really don't fuck with people like y'all say y'all do. And when I have to own up to the fact that I am someone who has also one thing about Darrow Cordero, y'all y'all know me. Okay, y'all know me by Cordero, but the new name that I have that everyone's been calling me is Darrow. You know, that's my artist name, so I say Darrow a lot. So one thing about Darrow, bitch, is that I know I take accountability, and so I guess I can also put myself in that box when I say there has been moments where I've said and. I've played part in the conversations of I fuck with you, I love you, you're this and that. And my actions did not show that. And I have to, you know, acknowledge that. So in this episode, not only am I talking to you motherfuckers, I'm talking to myself as well. So me, I'm I'm a motherfucker today. I'm talking to myself as well. And um Yeah, so let's get into some things. Let's 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 go ahead. Okay. So let's start here. So as I said before, you know, I'm, um, in the previous episode, I had a lot going on within the last, at the beginning of the year, you know, depression really ate a bitch up, uh, you know, still looking for a job and still trying to navigate, you know, put out the content and I was putting out a song. It was just so much. Okay. So in the midst of doing all of those things, I was still trying to have good conversations on Clubhouse, still trying to have good interactive spaces um, and still having like my versus battles and still spending money on my DJ. <laughs> I, I paid my DJ. I don't know about nobody else, but I paid my DJ. Baddest motherfucker DJ on the app. Pretty sure he's the baddest, muff, one, of, one of the baddest motherfucker DJs, period, you know, outside of digital spaces. Uh, shout out to DJ Tsunami. But I paid DJ, DJ Tsunami. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I paid the man. <laughs> I didn't, you know, not pay him. So I did all that. Still not, no job, but I made sure I paid him for the content I was putting out. Well, to facilitate me with the content I was pulling, putting, putting out. And, you know, I really wasn't getting anything back. You know, I mean, I enjoyed the spaces, but 
you know, people would show up. You know, I started, I think this year I started to get a lot more numbers in my room. You know, um, at one point I had 500 people in my room. Um, and, you know, I'm starting to see people are responding to my content. But it was getting, it started to feel like a chore, especially when the app itself, Clubhouse, doesn't recognize content creators like they said they that like well let me take that back they don't recognize all content creators like they say they do and february was black history month and you know i'm well i'm actually giving you all a timeline of when shit started to really go bad for me with the app and how it just all came to a um um a blow for me so February Black February Black History Month. They um, Clubhouse stated that they were going to take the initiative to really highlight Black content creators for the month, and I believed them. A lot of us did. We know we believed them. We heard what they said. You know, they've been having Black icons for the app, a Black icon for the app for so many months. And I'm like, okay, let me make sure I have a good February lineup of content to put out so they can you know see me <laughs> and recognize me so I you know got my content on together let me go and see actually uh child I don't like to log in on the app I'm actually off the app but um child I'm still I'm, I'm not on the app, so I like to go on the app to listen to, like, my replays or to get information from my replays. And so I don't want people – I wish I wish, I wish there was a way you could log on to Clubhouse but still have be offline so people don't know that you're online because people are like, I thought you got off the app. I am off the app, bitch. I'm just – you know, I got replays. I got content. So I'm, I'm going to my February schedule just so I can be – let you all know exactly what I did for the month of February. And, you know, how my numbers looked. So I started February off with a versus battle. I did Janet Jackson versus Beyonce. Amazing versus battle. Beautiful. Probably um, yeah, one of the best versus battles I've ever had. And the replays are there. I had 332 people enter. Perfect. Then I did what does black queer love look like? That was also doing, uh, all this is doing Black History Month, so I'm just letting you know. I had 100, 143 people. How do black men show affection to one another? 581 people. And, and then this is when <laughs> the shit hits the fan. I had um, a room called No Fats, No Femmes Appreciation Room. So that had 355 people into that room. <clears throat> so I had content for the whole month of February. Um, now, granted, I didn't have, um, you know, four rooms a week. But again, as you all remember, as I stated, oh, and my play, I'm sorry, my play. I'm sorry, I didn't talk about my play. And that's only because the re I, had to I had to delete the replay. I did a whole entire play. I did a whole production called Facing Our Truth, which is five short plays put into one show about race, privilege, and Trayvon Martin. Did a whole play. I had like 800 people um, for that. So 
like a whole fucking production. Okay. And that's how I closed. That's how I closed out the entire, um, my black, my black history month. So of course I couldn't do a lot of rooms because one, I had rehearsals for my show. I had a cast. So I had to rehearse my cast for the entire month. And also I was a full-time Uber driver. So I'm Ubering. On top of that, um, a lot of people don't know how Uber sometimes works in your area, but for me, it's very lucrative here in the like afternoon evenings here in Chicago. Here in Chicago, I was about to act like I, I can't say where I live. Y'all know where the fuck I live. I live in Chicago, so it's very lucrative here to do like afternoon evenings. Um, if you do early mornings, it's only it's going to only only going to last for like a couple of hours. And I would prefer not to just be driving and wasting gas. So I would just go out there for the afternoons all the way to the evenings and always make amazing money. So that's that was difficult to do, especially because <laughs> I have evening rehearsals. I have rooms that are in the evening. So I'm trying to Uber in the daytime, in the evening, stop for rehearsal, then go back to Ubering. Not only that, I was asked to come back to be an assistant director for a play um a real like a, a play in real life not on not in digital form and this was a play that we were supposed to do in 2020 COVID happened and we brought it back so I'm back to being the assistant director for this as well as the um assistant choreographer so um again a lot <laughs> Um, so a lot, a lot happened. So I was, a lot was going on. So I'm giving out content, making sure and everything, everything love, everybody loved the play. Everyone was just raving about the production. It was the best production, um, on Clubhouse. And I, I mean, I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to say my production and I'm not talking about from the professional level because there were some professional plays done on Clubhouse that were top tier. But I'm talking about from an amateur level because I'm I was consider myself an amateur. It was one, it was a it was a lot of other plays done on Clubhouse, but the biggest one compared to mine was this Prince play. And I'm sorry, my play was better. My play was better. It was more entertaining. The graphics were given. Shout out to my sister Brian. I had my 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 uh, music director. Um, shout out to DJ Tsunami. Like the actors were amazing. Like my play was given, bitch. It gave. Okay, and so I gave all that. I was promoting the play. You know, tagging Clubhouse. You know, they said they were going to do all these great things for Black content creators. And for me, I just wanted visibility. I wanted visibility. I wanted all these users on clubhouse to know hey i'm here yes i'm black and i'm queer and i have content but my content is my content is great like it's here like my content can reach everyone my my room on how black men can show affection to one another that has nothing to do with you know me being queer that's about me identifying as a black man wanting other black men to come in who identify as black men to talk about how we can show affection to one another where it doesn't come off as you know oh he must be gay or he must be uh, queer or you know he must be a simp or or he's soft because he's showing affection to his brother like I, that room should have been huge tad clubhouse tried to get you know visibility for that 
um, some people who are some um, someone who does have a large platform came in and helped me um, try to bring people into the room for that moment. I made sure I had a panel of of other black men on the app that have a voice that are somewhat toxic. Some are queer, uh, heterosexual and queer folk, black men that 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 have platforms to bring people in. So, you know, that almost has 600 people. So that was great. But um, it was hard. And so at the end of February, Clubhouse didn't do anything to help me with promoting my, my play. They didn't repost it as much as I tagged them, tagged them, as much as everyone who's on my team tagged them, tagged them, tagged them, tagged them on Instagram, tagged them on Twitter. Um, and it was, I was, I was disappointed. I was highly disappointed once March hit because I did not see, I, I didn't see Clubhouse live up to what they said they were going to do for February. I feel like they did it for one day and then that was it. Or they picked the black content creators that have a large platform and uplifted them. I don't get, I don't get why you feel as though you need to uplift those who are already succeeding. Why not, tap in with us that are here bringing content to your app bringing people to your app and lift us up like i got uh, i got i had over a hundred people who were never on clubhouse come on just for my play because you could send the link and it came on like i got you a hundred users in one night over a 100 users in one night you didn't feel the need to repost or say anything and I thought that was bullshit. And I really started to feel some type of way. Cause so that was kind of like my first time I would say I was leaving Clubhouse. And I kind of left for like a day or two and came back. Um, so I've done this song and dance for quite some time. And it's not that easy for me because I built a really great following on the app. Um and Yeah, I'm yes, I'm sorry. I was just that that's that just took me in. That just that just took me in, child. So, you know, here come March. March happens, I'm still giving content. And um for the month of March. So, uh, yeah, so let's <laughs> So let's get into this. So, when things really so that was basically the 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 moment I said fuck this app. But I was still invested because of the people, because of the relationships I built, because, yeah, because of the people and relationships I built. I will say Clubhouse is, if you have a lot of friends and they're all in one, one app or they're all in one space, Clubhouse is the easiest way to connect with everybody throughout the day and say, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? It's so much easier because you're talking to everyone in real time and you don't have to go through and do all these text messages and calls. <laughs> So Clubhouse has actually made it easier to communicate with your friends, but also it's made people lazy too when it comes to communicating with your friends off and out. Okay, so here we go. Ooh, child. So this is when, at this moment, I'm like, fuck this app, but I'm here for the people. Now here comes the moment where it's starting to become fuck the people. So there was a conversation that was going on about uh, um, someone on the app and his dating experience and why 
it was so difficult for him to find someone that was interested in him. And, uh, and so at the end of the day, they were talking, they were giving all types of reason, reasonings why he couldn't find a, um, someone to go out on a date. You know, he would say that people would swipe and they would match and they would never follow up. Or when he follows up, they say, oh, I'm not looking for anything. So he's like, basically his, in his mind, why are you on a dating app if you're not looking for anything? Why did you swipe? and make a connection with me if you're not looking for anything I, i'm just confused and you know he started to feel like there has to be some other underlying reason to why people don't want to fuck with him and everyone's saying everything maybe it's your personality which i don't know how you gather that just from a message and people saying everything but only thing people aren't no aren't mentioning is the fact that he is a bigger a larger body and he is um feminine presenting um he has feminine you know what you know he's he has a feminine pre presentation um oftentimes and no one's saying that so i'm just listening and i felt as though that was a, a layer that was missing from the conversation that should have been added to the conversation because we're talking about every other reason but that and i say i said it and people immediately started jumping down my throat not gonna go into details bitch but it got ugly between me and one other person and you know <laughs> you know the other one person said you know well you know if it's that bad for you or whatever maybe you need to become butch and lose weight or something i said maybe you need to go fit you know get get better clear your skin and all this other stuff like it got ugly okay so you know at in that moment i realized that we're still in the age where people do not take fat phobia seriously People don't take fat phobia seriously at all. They really think that it doesn't exist, or if it does exist, it's very, it's very isolated. Like it's not something that um, so many larger people go through. And I was pissed. Like I was really pissed off because we could talk about everything else, and you want to villainize this individual or critique this individual um, with a better, that's a better word choice, critique this individual for every other reason to why they can't find a connection on these dating sites. But we don't want to talk about the fact that, you know, no fats, no fems is a real thing, you know? And that's why I love my song because my song, my, <clears throat> my song came out before this situation happened where the song was done before the situation happened because no fats, no fems is a real hashtag that has been used forever um hell before dating apps you know when you used to have to get on the party line and call in and you know dial a number and connect with people people's messages would say you know not no fats no fems like they don't want anyone that's fat and they don't want anyone that's feminine and this is something that a lot of fats and fems have gone through and so it was really interesting that it was really interesting to me that this is a conversation that we're still having as if we don't know that this is a real thing. And so I said, you know what? I said, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to um I'm going to I want to open up a room. And my room was done out of anger. 
it was done out of anger because of what I experienced the day before with the com the comment and interaction that I just explained to you all. And so I wanted to do a room basically called No Fats, No Films, Films Appreciation Room. And this room was originally made to appreciate the men, appreciate the, appreciate the individuals that do say no fats, no films in their bios, that do say no fats, no films, because y'all aren't the ones that I need to worry about. It's the ones that don't put it in their bio that still operate with that mindset of not wanting a fat or a film, but they're just, they're too scared to vocally say that. And so I, that's what the room was about. Now, of course, of course, if a person that used no fats, no films came up on stage and said, you know, that this is what they use, I was going to read their ass down. But it was basically like a, hey, you know, I want to appreciate y'all because at least y'all put in y'all bio, y'all stand true, y'all bio, you stay, you stand true on, you stand true on what the fuck you got to say. Other motherfuckers I got to worry about. Basically, that's what it was. The room went to shits. Okay. The room went to shits. Now, for all my listeners that don't know what Clubhouse is, I, if, at this point, I was I would not get on the app. <laughs> it is just is what it is. But it's a digital app, like how I'm talking to you all in podcast form. It would basically be we could do this, but other people can listen and 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 respond. Other people can talk as well. Other people can write in a chat, and it's like a live. It's really like a live audio podcast, um, and you can interact with each other live and ask questions and talk all those things twitter has twitter spaces now there's other things called riff face facebook has spaces and instagram live or you know all those things so clubhouse is just a form another um digital audio app and the room with the shits you know it started to feel you know it, it what, what my problem was with the room is I should not be here debating. I don't want to debate with anyone about fat phobia. I I feel like I want I want I want to explain what fat phobia is, why it exists, and you either are going and you learn if you are someone who doesn't understand fat phobia or you someone who is fat phobic and want to change. It started to become it started to feel like I'm debating with you all about what fat phobia is and debating with you about my experience. And that shit started to really piss me off because I'm not here to debate with you about this. Just like people who have, um, were host always hosting rooms about queer identity. If you have questions, great, but I'm not about to answer your question. And then you have, then you uh, are being, you come back with something to try to, um, deflect or to, you know, question, you know, or uh, what I'm saying. No, 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 this isn't up for debate. Fat phobia exists. So I, you're either here to learn or get, or fuck you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's basically what it is. That's basically what it was. And it started to irritate me. And I think where I also went wrong in the room is I tried to have a large conversation that needed to be broken down. Because, you know, we can't, you know, a lot of people talk about fat, think when they think about fat phobia, they think it's always just about sex. Like we're just mad because people don't want to fuck us. You know, we mad because people don't want to touch us or whatever. And so we start saying, well, that's, you're just fat phobic. It's beyond that. And let's get it straight. People do fuck us. People do want to fuck us. A lot of people want to fuck us. The problem is, is that 
they don't want to do anything besides fuck us. <laughs> and then they don't want to acknowledge that fat phobia exists. So that was my bad. Mm-hmm. My bad for having that conversation, trying to have a large conversation with so many layers to it in that space because that's not what the space was for. And people started fighting and arguing. And someone that I was very close to on the app just really started to become very nasty towards me because of that conversation. You know, I apologize that they felt attacked in the room, but they still decided to carry on their fake beef. Cause I'm gonna call it what it is. It's fake beef out off the app. I mean, on, on, on to other spaces. And they started to really, really act weird towards me. And it hurt me because I thought me and this person was close, but I've seen in other conversations and other moments that he does not know how to have effective communication with people. He doesn't. He does not know how to um, to argue with friends. Um, he likes to yell and get real, you know, deep in his chest with his cigarette smoking sound and voice and act really weird with people that he claims that he is cool with and how he talks to people like he does not know how to have, he does not know how to talk to people. And I was really hurt by the way he, I was really hurt by the way he spoke to me and how he approached me. And, and like, why am I, why are you arguing with me about this? Because I never said you were fat phobic because I, 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 I don't think you are at all. And why are you debating with me about this? I just don't, I, I don't know. It was, it really was bothering me, his stance that he took on the conversation. And so we fell out. We fell out. We stopped talking to each other. It was a, a big, it was a moment. I was hurt because of, I thought, because, because we had a friendship off the app. It wasn't just on a social media app. And I was really upset by how he handled me. I really, truly was. And so we stopped talking and there was a lot, there were a lot of people in that space that in my, that I feel as though supported him in how he spoke to me by not saying anything. And, um, they do that a lot. You know, they do that a lot. They allow him to say what the fuck he wants and people will message you on the back end. Like, I'm sorry. He said that you didn't deserve that. I agree with you. I stand with you, but you wouldn't say that while he was talking to me crazy. So, yeah, that that truly bothered me. And so I just I cut ties with a lot of those motherfuckers in that space, because if you can't defend me, even when I'm here, you I don't you're definitely not going to defend me when I'm not in the space. So I said, you know what, Daryl, it's time to regroup. You're losing friendships. You're losing so much. Oh, this is going to, have to be a two part because I'm really giving it to y'all. <laughs> this is going to, have to be a two part episode, and and I'm here for it. That's fine. Two parts, great. More content for y'all because I want to give you all all the details because I really, really want you all to understand everything that I'm that I'm saying. So, and this is very therapeutic for me. And so I said, okay, Daryl, let's regroup. Let's how can you go back to having this conversation about fat phobia to where it's going to be received and it's going to be broke and you can break it down? Because one thing that this person said to me that really hurt me was that you are too sensitive. You are too sensitive about fat phobia. And it bothered me because 
people don't understand how fat phobia exists in so many areas of my life and other people's lives. So not on, so I have to actually thank him for saying that. Even though it was hurtful coming from him saying that, it made me realize what I wanted to do next with this conversation. Because, okay, y'all think I'm too sensitive. Y'all think we are too sensitive. I think that's because you don't understand how, how fat phobia affects us in our everyday life. So let me break it down for you, basically is what I said. So that's what I decided to do is break it down into different segments of how fat phobia exists. And so these are the segments I did. I did... The first one I did was fat phobia at the gym. Y'all want to tell us the workout? Great. But let me tell you how fat phobia exists in the gym. Then I did fat phobia in friendships. Oh, let me go back. Fat phobia in, at the gym. Um, 173 people showed up for that room. Fat phobia in friendships. 494 people. You were fat. Lost the weight, and now what? 502 people. Fat phobia in healthcare, 161. Fat phobia in the black family, 274. Um, I'm fat and don't date fat, <laughs> 356. Fat phobia in the workplace, 152. Are you a palatable fat person? 67 people. Fat phobia in the arts, 101. And fat phobia in sex work and porn, 131 people. So that's one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So I did eleven rooms on fat phobia. I broke it down <laughs> in segments, and that was probably the my best experience on the app because. I got I got an amazing amount of feedback in that space, in those spaces. And, of course, there were some trolls. But there were a lot of people who learned a lot. Um, someone who, one of the, the person who made that crazy comment about, you know, go get be butch or lose weight, they came and showed up to every room and apologized. We had a great conversation, and we're in, a, we're in a, a much better place right now because they showed up to listen, to learn to be educated, to understand the different sectors of how fat phobia exists for us. And I, I couldn't be more happy to understand it, to, to see that they did that. And they took the time out to listen. And, you know, we would talk about it afterwards. And, I mean, I just love him for, for doing that because that showed me that he cares enough about me to show up for me, to understand me. And nobody, and, and those other people who were involved in that conversation didn't show up. They didn't care to come back and learn and understand where the fuck I was coming from, which shows they don't give a fuck about me. They didn't give a fuck about me. And it was so easy for some of them to just throw me away, to dispose me, 
to keep moving on and not give a fuck about me. And this is my biggest problem with people who say that they love you and care about you. And the moment you have an argument or a disagreement, they're so quick to throw you away like they don't give a fuck. So did you ever give a fuck about me? Did you ever? Because it's, it's given me that you don't and you didn't. And it was all a fucking lie. That's what it's giving me. And it was just, it was a, it was a bit much. And that, that kind of started why I, that, 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 that these moments and seeing how people were moving throughout this conversation made me really start to see how not only am I fuck this app, but I'm starting to become fuck these people. I'm going to stop right there because this was a lot to digest. And I really want, I'm going to be full, I'm going to be fully transparent in this whole podcast about disposable culture. Did you really fuck with me? Because I need everyone to realize that this shit is real. And I don't like being disposed of, especially from people that I thought really fucked with me and people that I fucked with. So on part two, I'm going to talk about my experience in a lot of the heterosexual spaces, cis head spaces with people that are, that, that are queer and how they cater to heterosexuals all the way to the point to where then they started to dispose me as well. And that's going to be on part two. Thank you for tuning in to Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Talk to you next time. To follow me on social media, you can go to Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, it's Cordero underscore Santiago. Follow me on Instagram to just stay in touch with everything I'll talk about. I'll update you on um, the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to. I'm so excited that I have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics any questions you have regarding a topic that I've already discussed or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode I have an email address for you to do all of those things the email is darrowdaresyou at gmail.com so I'll spell that for you darrow d-a-r-o-d-a-r-e-s-u darrowdaresyou at gmail.com send me an email 